Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect. A podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy! Good morning, friends of One Hope Church. This is Hannah, and I will be talking about Luke chapter 7 this morning. So there's kind of a lot that happens in this chapter, so I'm just going to kind of go through it and say just kind of the things that stuck out to me as I was reading it. So the first part is about the faith of the centurion, the guy who had a servant who was sick and dying, and he had heard about Jesus and how he had been healing people and teaching with a greater authority than the people were used to. And so the centurion sent some of his some of the elders of the Jews to go talk to Jesus and to plead with him to come and heal his servant who was sick and dying. And Jesus was so amazed at his faith because the centurion was all like, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof or for you to, for you to even come near me, but just say the word and I know my servant will be healed because you have that kind of authority. And Jesus was all impressed with his great faith and then he healed the servant just as the centurion had asked him of and through simply just speaking life into the servant from a distance. So what struck what stuck out to me specifically in that passage was both the authority of Jesus and the humility of the centurion. I was amazed that the centurion was able to both recognize his position in relation to Jesus, that he was not worthy to even be in his presence, and yet he still obvi- he still had the confidence to approach Jesus and to plead with him to heal his servant. He obviously knew both that Jesus had the authority to heal and that also he was compassionate enough and willing to heal his servant, probably from hearing the stories of how Jesus had already been healing people left and right. Otherwise, he wouldn't have asked. He wanted Jesus to come heal his servant, and he had faith that he could and hope that he would. I think sometimes we swing from two different pendulums. On one end, being feeling as though we deserve as though we deserve to be healed of sickness and suffering, which we do not, and we need to humble ourselves and repent of that thinking. But the other end being having humility and recognizing that we are undeserving before such a holy God, but not recognizing God's great compassion and failing to approach him with our needs and wants. God wants us to come to him with everything. That's kind of the point of humility, I think. And God loves to lift up the humble. Jesus says that the least will be greatest in the kingdom of heaven. While we don't deserve God to heal us, Jesus welcomes us to come to him. All we are called to do is acknowledge that he is greater than us and that we are nothing and believe that he loves us enough to care about our needs and to answer our prayers. None of these people in the Bible deserved to be healed, but yet we see over and over again that Jesus continuously healed them. And likewise, we don't deserve it, but Jesus gives us what we don't deserve. And Like, he went to the cross and died for us. We didn't deserve that. And not only does Jesus have the authority to heal, but he is also often so willing to heal. And so we can come to Jesus with anything, but we should always be humble about it because we don't deserve anything. But Jesus has too much compassion that I think sometimes he just can't help but heal us. And even if he does... And even if he doesn't answer our prayers, we can trust that he loves us and he works all things together for the good of those who love him. That's somewhere in the Bible. I don't remember where, but you can Google it later. Anyways, what that's what stood out to me in the first section of this chapter, the authority of Jesus and the humility of the centurion. 
The next passage is about Jesus raising a widow's son. And what stood out to me in this part was just the nerve of Jesus to say, don't cry to this woman who had just lost her only son that day because funerals happened the same day of the death at this time at this at this time of history. And so she had just lost her son and just the nerve of Jesus to tell her, don't cry. But he was able to say that because he knew that he had the authority to raise him from the dead. And that is just what he did. And so I think this just shows how compassionate Jesus is. And also, again, just the authority that he has to raise the dead. And also that he's willing to do that. And I think God only does what brings him glory. And he was glorified in this story because immediately after all this went down, at the end of this little section, we see that all the people were filled with awe and praised God. And so God got all the credit and he was glorified in both his display of power to raise the dead and also in his compassion for this widow. In the next section, Jesus is talking about John the Baptist. And in this part, what stood out to me was specifically towards the end in verses 23 through 35, or 33 through 35. And I'll just read this part. It says, For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say he had a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, Here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by all her children. So I thought this was really interesting because I think as Christians we need to realize that the world will always make up some reason not to like us. And if they don't want to believe in Jesus, they will make up all kinds of things and we need to be prepared for that and not care what people think about us. There is no pleasing people. And the sooner we realize that, the sooner we can be more productive in the kingdom of God. So it doesn't matter what people think of us, but it does matter what our fruit is. I think that's maybe what Jesus is meaning when he says, but wisdom is proved right by all her children. The fruit shows where the root is. And so we need to make sure that we're living our lives in a way that is fruitful. The kind of fruit, kind of like how I think the centurion did. For example, he must have lived a life, I think, that was fruitful enough for the Jewish elders to plead so earnestly on his behalf to Jesus um, and for them to give him such praise in front of Jesus that I think they obviously must have had a lot of respect for this century and to go to Jesus on his behalf and in that way. And so I think that just kind of showed some of the fruit of the centurion's life. And then also Jesus did so many signs and wonders which point to the authority that he had, such authority that could only have been given to him by God. And not only did Jesus heal people, but he also forgave people. And that leads into the next section about the sinful woman who anointed Jesus' feet as he was reclining at the table of one of the Pharisees' houses. So this woman, like the centurion, also had great humility by coming to the feet of Jesus through pouring perfume on him and weeping at his feet, wetting them with her tears and wiping them with her hair. And we see God praises her for this and forgives her for her sins because of her love and humility before Jesus. He goes on to say, whoever has been forgiven little loves little. And so we need to realize the gravity of our sin, like this woman did. Even the small sins are great in the eyes of God. And the sooner we realize that, no matter how good or bad we think we are, we're all in the same boat and we're all deserving of death. And no one is better than anyone else. And so the sooner we realize that, the sooner we will be able to experience the joy of being set free from our sins. And we will experience a greater joy having been forgiven for them 
and we will be able to love people more because of that. And something else about this story that I thought was really interesting was that it comes right after the discussion about John the Baptist and after where Jesus says in verse 28, he says, I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And so I think the story about the sinful woman is almost maybe an example of that. She is someone who I think is seen as someone who is least in the kingdom of heaven. Um, but Je but Jesus is kind of in a way saying, I think, that this woman is greater than John the Baptist in a way. And that's just kind of the comparison that I think Jesus wants to draw. So Jesus loves humility and he wants us to recognize our brokenness and come to him with our brokenness and in humility. And he is compassionate enough and has the authority to heal us and most importantly to forgive us. And even when we are healed in this life, that's only temporary because we're all going to die later eventually anyways. And it's not until Jesus returns that we will be made fully new. And that's what we can look forward to. Any healings we experience in this life is only a foreshadowing of our permanent healing to come. When Jesus returns, it makes everything new. So let's pray. Jesus, help us to be humble before you. Reveal to us the gravity of our sins. Um, I thank you for the promise that you say that to all who confess their sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I thank you, Jesus, for your death and resurrection. And I thank you that your righteousness now covers us. And I thank you for your authority and for giving us your Holy Spirit, that we now have that same authority. Um, and I pray that you would help us to use that authority wisely and to actually use it and to always be seeking to bring you glory. I pray that you would stir up the fruits of the Spirit within us, the fruits of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, um, self-control, all the other ones. Um, yeah, I just pray, Jesus, that you would help us to love you more and to love others more and to see others as greater than ourselves. And I pray that you would give us a humility, um, give us a greater humility and help us to see others through your eyes and help us to make us and help make us more like you, Jesus, we pray. And all, all this in Jesus' name. Amen.